I love the Macy's Mother's Day gift guide. I use it. It has the perfect gift to make all moms feel special. You can shop by price. You can shop by category. They have gift lists. You know, they have a list for the mom who has everything, one for grandma. And you can get top gifts like the Coach Floral Printed Leather Cassie Crossbody Bag. I love a crossbody bag. Or the thing that my mom loved more than anything, the Le Creuset Shallot Dutch Oven. Shop at Macy's.com slash gift finder. If you love tequila cocktails, then check out the award-winning 21 Seeds Infused Tequila. It's a -a one-of-a-kind tequila that is infused with the juice of real fruit. So it's Smooth, it's not sweet, it smells fresh and bright, and it tastes incredible. 21 Seeds makes the most delicious and easy margaritas and cocktails so you can focus on the fun, like game night with your besties. With 21 Seeds, you only need two or three ingredients to make your perfect cocktail. Try 21 Seeds infused tequila. Learn more at 21seeds.com. Enjoy responsibly. 21 Seeds, Diageo, New York, New York. Jenna Fisher. And I'm Angela Kinsey. We were on The Office together. And we're best friends. And now we're doing the ultimate Office rewatch podcast just for you. Each week, we will break down an episode of The Office and give exclusive behind-the-scenes stories that only two people who were there can tell you. We're The Office Ladies. Hello! Hi there, you guys. I'm so happy to be here today. Especially happy to be here today? I don't know. I'm just feeling real thankful. I'm in a good mood, too. Oh, man. Well, (laughs) buckle in, everybody. You got two happy ladies this morning. We're talking about Ultimatum, which was season seven, episode 13. It was directed by Dave Rogers, and it was written by Carrie Kemper. She is a new writer this season, and she is the sister of Ellie Kemper. Those two gals were so fun on set together. You could just see their, like, sisterhood, and it was so cute. They send out a joint Christmas card every year with their kids on it, and I can't wait to get it. It's so creative every year. One year, it was our favorite. We voted, you know, which was our favorite card, and it was theirs, and I texted Ellie. Was it the computer one? Yes! It was great. Yeah. It was so great. I believe The Office was Carrie's first staffing job. I'm sorry, Carrie, if I'm getting that wrong, but I know that after The Office, she went on to work on Silicon Valley as a writer and producer, and she most recently worked as a writer for The Rehearsal which Lee loves. I have not watched it yet. I haven't seen it either. Getting rave reviews. Okay. Would you like a summary? So much. All right. After much anticipation, Michael loses his cool when he learns that Holly did not enforce her ultimatum deadline and that she is still dating AJ. Pam tries unsuccessfully to help everyone make and keep New Year's resolutions, which Michael turns into an opportunity to shame his employees. Meanwhile... (sighs) Daryl gets Dwight and Andy to drive him to the bookstore under the guise of picking up women. But really, he just wants some new books. Yeah. Let's see. Should I guess a fast fact? I know you're about to hit me with them, but can I guess one? Yes. I'm going to guess a location breakdown. Ding, ding, ding. That's all I got. (laughs) Okay. Well, I have two location breakdowns. So really, you got two out of the three fast facts. But fast fact number one is called No Gym. We had a fan question from CRT in Denmark and many others who said... Denmark? Yeah, Denmark. (gasps) Coming in from Denmark. I know. Here's what everyone said. We noticed that Jim is gone from this episode. Where is Jim? Love from Denmark. Hmm. 
Yes, it's true. Jim appears in the cold open of this episode, but he's not in the rest of the episode. Here's why. John Krasinski was in Alaska filming the movie Big Miracle. That Ken Quapis directed. Yes! Randy Cordray said that a request was made for John to be able to miss this week of work in order to do the movie. That request was approved by both Paul and Greg. Now, in our biz, if you miss a week of work for your reasons, you miss a paycheck. Yeah. But if they write a story to support you being gone, they have to pay you. So... The producers arranged it so that he could pre-record the cold open before he left. So he appeared in the episode. But also within the episode, there was a story point that Jim had to be away all day on a sales call. I also found something in the candy bag alts. Oh, really? Yeah. In the scene where Michael goes to Pam and is like, Pam, will you talk to Holly? You know Mm -hmm, that scene? mm -hmm. There were candy bag alts for that scene. Mm Mm-hmm. And one of them, Michael says, well, if you won't do it, what about Jim? And Pam says, Jim is sick. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. I remember shooting a scene where he called Pam on the phone. I totally shot my side of that scene, and they were going to add his voice later, but it ended up getting deleted. So. So, yeah. No Jim in the main episode. That's right. But John Krasinski got to make his movie. He also, they found a way for him to appear in this episode. There you have it. Do we have a location breakdown? We sure do. It's fast fact number two. We went on three locations for this episode. We were in a parking lot outside of a strip club. Oh, yeah. We went into a bookstore, Mm -hmm. and then we went into a roller rink. I'll have you know we shot all of those locations on one day, which meant there was a lot of relocation for the cast and crew. That's a lot of moving. It was. I'm going to start with the bookstore. Okay. Here's your location breakdown. It was a Borders Books. It was located in Northridge, California. And according to its Facebook page, it was the first Borders Books located in the Valley. Hmm. Do you remember Borders Books? I do. Same. They were like a big, big bookstore. Yes. Very popular. Mm -hmm. I did a little deep dive on them. Here's what I found out. Okay. The very first store opened in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And it was owned by two brothers, and they specialized in used books. (gasps) Mm -hmm. Love it. But eventually, their company expanded. They started selling new releases, and they were kind of the first bookstore to do what they called big box bookstores. They had this idea that they really leaned into, that a bookstore could be a place that was more than just buying books. It was like a place to hang out. It was a social hub. So they built cafes, they served breakfast, but they also sold music, DVDs, greeting cards. The Borders Books chain was very famous for their number of two-story locations. And in fact, the design of their stores was very meticulously curated. I found an article with the company's architect, Mark Lorty, who said, quote, Some border stores featured circular turret towers that would jut out of the corner of the facade, physically embodying some of the idyllic romance and innocence of children's books. They really thought it through. Yeah, like Pam wanted a tower. She could go to Borders Borders Books Books and pretend it was her tower. I know. Her terrace. Well, Borders Books have since shut down. Yeah. In 2011, the company filed for bankruptcy. They think... That the thing that led to their downfall, 
was that in the early 2000s, the economy started moving away from brick-and-mortar businesses and more to web internet retail. And you could just get a book for cheaper on the internet. A lot of people still went to the stores, but they were kind of treating them just like de facto libraries. Mm. They would go and browse, and then they would go home and buy a book online. I don't want bookstores to go away, you guys. Can we all rally to keep bookstores and libraries out there in the world? Yes, I could not agree more. I mean, there is nothing more fun than visiting your local library or bookstore with your kiddos. Especially when they're little. Oh, it's so fun. You go and you pick out a book together. Mm -hmm. Don't even get me started if there's story time. (laughs) (laughs) We need our bookstores and libraries. We do. Was that a soapbox? Did I have a soapbox? Angela. Bookstores? That was, you had a moment. I had a a box moment. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Well, the site of this former Borders Books that we used was part of the Northridge Fashion Center Mall. When it first closed, it was turned into a sports authority, but that closed too, and now it is part of Dave & Buster's. Oh, okay. And now, are you going to break down the skating rink? You know I am, Angela. I'm very excited. Fast fact number three. The roller rink, where we shot this episode, Mm -hmm. was called Skateland. I knew it! And it was in Northridge! I've been there. You love to roller skate. I love roller skating. You roller skate in your kitchen. You roller skate down your street. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There are three pairs of roller skates in, like, the little cubby by my front door. Yeah. Yeah. And you've roller skated here for pleasure, not for work. Yes. Do you know the history of this skating rink? Because I've got it for you. I don't. I just know when you go into it, it feels very 70s. Okay. Well, it was a family-owned and operated skating rink that was open for more than 60 years but has recently closed. Yes. It closed down because of the pandemic. They couldn't come back. You couldn't be indoors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The outdoor skating areas thrived. Yes. But the indoor ones took a hit. Brothers David and Mike Fleming had been running it. David said his father always wanted to be in the roller skating business because that is how he met their mother. Aw. Yeah. They met roller skating when he was in the service in Chicago. That is adorable. It was a whole business built on romance. That is so sweet. David also said that his brother trained Olivia Newton-John for Xanadu at that rink. (gasps) And that he trained James Caan for the original Rollerball film. Oh my God, that's so cool. The brothers sold the space to Ken Kraft, who is the CEO of Hope of the Valley Rescue Mission. I actually follow them on Instagram. They do amazing work. They transformed Skateland into a 107-bed bridge homeless housing facility where people can stay before finding more permanent housing. All of the residents have access to mental health services, drug and alcohol recovery programs, life skill classes, and every resident gets a case manager. That is amazing. Yeah. I think about the dad who started the skating rink because based on his love for his wife. Yes. What a perfect way to then share that love and compassion. If you're going to sell your company, like, this is the best. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. It's open now, and it's called the Trebek Center in honor of Alex Trebek because the Trebek family donated the first $500,000 to the project to help convert the space from roller rink to housing facility. Alex Trebek's widow, Jean Trebek, spoke at the opening of the center and said, quote, 
We all know homelessness is complicated. There is no single pathway to the streets. There is no single intervention that ends homelessness. But here is a single remedy, and it's called love. Supporting another is loving another, and the transformational power of support will surely be known at this site. That's so beautiful. It's just what you said. This property has always been rooted in love. Wow. I did not see that coming Mm -hmm. about Skateland. And that finishes my fast facts. Well, should we go to break? Well, before we go to break, uh, recently, if you remember, would be the last episode, Santakins visited us. Yes. Santa oh, Kins. I remember yes. Santa And brought us gifts out of the blue. And uh, I don't know if you thought there would be no repercussions to that. You are <gasps> wrong. So I got you guys something. It's in front of you. You mentioned wanting it one day, and that day what? is now. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Santa Sam? Mm-hmm. Santa Sam? Cassie, what did you, you get us? There's a little wrapped item on this desk, and what? it's heavy, and it is, it is heavy. Those are your brass stamps for your wax seal. <gasps> oh, my God! On the back Sam! of your Sam! Oh, my gosh! Stop it! Yeah. Sam, this is so thoughtful! These have my actual initials I on know. them. So, they're for your wax seals in the back of your scrolls. Oh, my god! I do have a request. Two things. One, I call dibs on first letter. Okay. And two, the letter cannot be a thank you for the stamps. Oh, it has okay. to be a simple how your day went written in the style of Angela's diary. <laughs> All right. I'm going to write you a journal entry, Sam, that mm-hmm. you are going to treasure. Oh, my God. That is so cool, Sam. I can't wait to... Wax stamp a letter. Stamp away for all your Game of Thrones style stamping. (laughs) Thank you, Santa Sam. My pleasure. So this winter, we went on a little ski trip with another family and we got an Airbnb, which was so wonderful, right? Because you can make your own breakfast in the morning. We could even go there for lunch to warm up. Listen, I always want a kitchen with kids. Yep. I don't want to call room service for some sliced apples. I want to have my groceries. I need a kitchen. Yes. Well, this is why doing the Airbnb thing was so perfect. Yep. Well, this family we were staying with told us that they listed their house on Airbnb back in California. Oh, that's so smart. I know a lot of people that do this. It's like, oh, we want to go to Disneyland. We can Airbnb our place and then use that money to go. It pays for your trip. Yep. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, we all carry around different stressors. Some are big, some are small. I know I keep mine kind of bottled up. And it can start to affect us. Well, therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. You can finally get a chance to talk about all those stressors. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash OfficeLadies today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash OfficeLadies. When you travel, do you ever think like, oh, no, I hope I locked up. Did I leave a window open? Things like that. Well, that's why you should invest in Simply Safe home security today. 
Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System in 2024 by the U.S. News and World Report, and Newsweek ranked it Best Customer Service in Home Security. Well, you all have heard me talk about Simply Safe because it really is simple and it does make me feel safe. We went through the website and we picked exactly what we needed for our home. That's what I really like is you can customize what you need to fit your living space. You know, I love our Simply Safe. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind, and I want you to have it too. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash office ladies. That's simplysafe.com slash office ladies. There's no safe like Simply Safe. We are back and we're in the conference room because there is a meeting. It's nighttime. None of the regular Dunder Mifflin crew is there, mm-hmm. but Dwight is there with the Knights of the Night. Yes. He explains that the Knights of the Night are volunteer crime patrollers. Yes, they wear red beanie hats, black shirts that say we are unarmed on the back, and on yes. the front it says Knights of the Night. A few of them have little medals. Oh, for, mm. I guess, good work. Good work with their flashlights? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jim Halpert is going to come into work. He can't find his BlackBerry. And Dwight is convinced that Jim is going to make fun of his group. Yeah. Jim has stumbled upon something. He's quite smug, but he ultimately doesn't do anything. For once. Although I'm sure he's filing it away for later use. We had a fan question from Celine B. in Century, Florida. Is there any backstory for why the Knights of the Night t-shirts say we are unarmed on the back? And then other people wrote in and to comment that the Knights of the Night look quite a bit like Devo. Oh, yes. I did a side-by-side. Oh, I love Devo. Remember Devo? Anyone out there? Whip it. Whip it good. Oh, yeah. Try to detect it. It's not too late. Crack that whip. Here you go. Yes. That is Knights of the Night along with Devo. And a great screen grab. Of Edward Nielsen III from our crew. Yes, one minute, 17 seconds. He is one of the knights. He's in the front row closest to the windows. It was so fun to see him there. I know. (laughs) Well, the shirts and the red beanies were a script note. The script note did not say anything about Devo. It said simply, quote, A man in black walks by in a red beanie, nods to Jim. His shirt reads, Knights of the Night, and on the back, we are unarmed. Jim looks to camera. In the conference room are Dwight and eight other men, including Nate, dressed the same. Dwight kind of alludes to this in his talking head. The Knights of the Night were a spin on the group The Guardian Angels, who wore red berets and white shirts with The Guardian Angels logo. They were founded in New York in 1979 as an unarmed volunteer crime prevention organization. So, kind of like a neighborhood watch in a way. Yes, exactly. But with outfits. Yes, exactly. Okay. So that's it. I feel like mom detectives might call on nights of the night. Oh, for backup? Maybe. If we knew Dwight, we might. Mm-hmm. I recognized a familiar face. The leader of the nights of the night is Seamus McCarthy. I've known Seamus for years. We've done improv together. We've performed at I.O. West. He is hilarious. And one of my favorite things about his Instagram, which is I am Seamus McCarthy, is he takes photos of his coffee order mm-hmm. and how people interpret Seamus. His name? Yes. 
And there's just a series of photos of different spellings. It's really funny to me. (laughs) When the episode begins, we have a Michael talking head. It is January 3rd, 2011, a day that will live in famously. I looked up January 3rd, 2011. What'd you find out? I wanted to know if there was anything infamously about it. Okay. According to the internet, first thing you should know is it was a Monday. Okay. Here are the top five songs in the USA on January 3rd, 2011. Bruno Mars, Grenade. Katy Perry, Firework. Kesha, We Are Who We Are. Rihanna, What's My Name. And Pink, Raise Your Glass. Kick-Ass, directed by Matthew Vaughn, was one of the most viewed movies. And I Remember Nothing by Nora Ephron was one of the best-selling books. Okay. The only thing that Michael is worried about is whether or not Holly is engaged. And he's kind of freaking out. Mm-hmm. We're going to do that thing where we think we're doing a private talking head, but the camera's going to pull out to reveal that Aaron is there and she's filming him because he's going to make both a sad video and a happy video where he's talking to himself. Yes, because the only person that can talk Michael down is Michael. Yeah. If you notice the video camcorder that Aaron is using, it's a little bit of old tech. And I can tell you who walked away with that old tech video camcorder and still has it to this day. Who is it? Randy Cordray. Randy! Yes! He said that Phil Shea gave it to him when he left the series at the end of season seven. The camera, the case, the extra batteries, all the lenses, he still has it and he has used that tiny camcorder for insert shots on other series he's produced. He said that is his confessional to us, but he agreed that I could share it with you all. (laughs) So would you want to know what did Randy get when he left? He got this camcorder. Wow. Well, he also shared that the video footage you see of Michael was really shot on that little camera. Yeah. Pam has a big idea. She's coming in hot today. Yeah, she is. She has made a giant board with lots of glitter. I mean, the glitter is blinding. It really is. There's so blinding Angela. There's like a combo Dwight-Angela sass in this moment because Dwight says, did your baby draw it? And then Angela's like, the glitter is blinding. They're such jerks to Pam. Pam wants everybody to write a New Year's resolution and then she's going to display them on her glittery resolution board. Well, you know who she was inspired by. Sue. Sue in Vance Refrigeration. Yeah. Sue has a motivation board. Yeah. Jenna, I always look in the candy bag alts to see who had the most alts for that episode. Okay. It's usually Dwight. Yes. Right? Makes sense. This episode, it was Pam. Were they all Sue talking heads? They were all Sue, and they were must shoot. So you said all of this. Do you want to hear some of them? Yes, I'll see if I remember. Okay. If Sue can do it, why can't I? Sue's really cool. Sue just goes for it. She's awesome. Sue is like the happiest person I've ever met. I want to be the happiest person I've ever met. (laughs) I sort of have a girl crush on Sue. I want Sue to be my aunt or my best friend. Actually, I just want to be Sue. And she makes her own sweaters. And she gave me the best sugar cookie ever. And Sue is just awesome. I love Sue. She has three different scissors that cut three different patterns into construction paper. How lame slash cool is that? I just want to steal a bunch of ideas from Sue. Then maybe come up with my own Sue-type ideas. Then maybe I'll become (laughs) Sue. I want to be more like Sue. Everyone loves Sue. And lastly, 
I just left her office with such a strong impression that I need to be more like Sue. <laughs> These you, are hilarious. You said all of that. <laughs> there was a writer who was in charge of writing alternate talking heads. They would get assigned. You know, yes. they'd say, hey, listen, here's the talking head in the script, but write a bunch of alts. And then they'd sometimes put one or two in the candy bag. Clearly, this person was on a roll. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, incidentally, Sue was played by Teresa Brown, who was a lovely woman. (laughs) Phyllis doesn't like Sue. Phyllis doesn't like any woman that works at Vance Refrigeration. No. Immediately a sworn enemy of Phyllis. Correct. Now we have a scene where Aaron is helping Michael assign things to a happy box or a sad box. She has these bags. She's taking all these items out. For those of you guys who love to track things... In the happy box, we have champagne and gummy worms. Looks like maybe some giant, like, gloves. Like, Mm. you know, like Mickey Mouse hands. I don't know. In the sad box, there's a sponge, gummy bears, a ukulele, and two bottles of scotch. And there's tickets to see Paula Poundstone. For For the happy box, For the happy box. We had a fan question from Jonathan S. in Poughkeepsie, New York. Please tell us everything about the Paula Poundstone tickets. I'm from Poughkeepsie, and Paula was actually there around the time this episode aired. How did this reference come about? Well, Jonathan, I'm not sure why they chose Paula Poundstone, but Paula Poundstone is a comedian, and comedy and humor are how Michael and Holly bond, so I think it makes sense. That they would go to see a comedian. Yes, I totally see that as a perfect date for them. Yes. Angela, I uh, reached out to you earlier this week with a question. You did, Jenna. I wanted to know, what would you put in your happy and sad boxes? And I thought I could think about it as well, and then we would share. Okay. So here was my question to you Mm -hmm. that I didn't write you back. I thought we'd talk it out here in front of everybody. Are they objects? Are they experiences? Well. Like tickets to Paula Poundstone is an experience. Yeah. I did a combo. Okay. Well, for me, it's interesting because the first thing I thought of when I really just sat and got quiet about my happy and my sad box, I have an item that goes in both. What is it? So when I'm really happy, I love to go for a walk. Mm -hmm. I love plants, you guys. I'm just going to be that old lady that... Someday, all my posts are going to be plants. Someday. Someday. And it's happening now. And, and hummingbirds. <laughs> so when I'm happy, I love to go for a walk. But when I'm sad, I also love to go for a walk. Because mm. I walk and I sort of journal internally. And I just, I need distance from like everything around me. Mm-hmm. And I just need to get out, get out of my head, get into my body. And so in both my happy and sad box would be a nice long walk. You know, I had a lot of crossover when I sat down to think about what do I want when I'm happy and what do I want when I'm sad. And I could put a lot of similar items in both as well. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Is there anything else in your happy and sad boxes? So I thought really long and hard about this, Jenna, because I I wanted to do a good job with your question. (laughs) I felt like you were like my school teacher. I'm like, okay, I want to come prepare. I've given an assignment. Yes. And when I really thought about objects that bring me happiness or help me when I'm sad, I don't really attach a lot of emotion to objects. Mm -hmm. It's always people for me. Mm -hmm, I'm a people mm -hmm. person. So when I get good news, I want to be around the people I love. When I get sad news, I want to be around the people I love. So I sort of 
I cling to people, you know? Mm -hmm. But if I had to just sort of, okay, what would Michael Scott, you know, put in his box of objects? My happy box, if I got some great news, would probably be a wonderful glass of Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a donut. (laughs) Good news. Let's get donuts. Maybe it would be a hummingbird feeder. Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. And my sad box would probably be I have a bathrobe. Josh has been like, Ange, you need to get rid of that bathrobe. Mm-hmm. It's on its last legs. It has a hole in the arm from when our dog was a puppy. It gnawed a hole. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter to me. It is also, I think, sentimental to me because it was a wrap gift on the office. Mm-hmm. So it's our blue robe that we got. It says the office on it. I know this robe. Yeah, it's really old now. Josh even gave me a new robe for Christmas <laughs> last year that I don't wear. But when I'm sad, that robe has just journeyed through so much. And I just wrap it around me like a cloak and I get cozy. It's like your blankie. It's like my blankie. Yeah. So I would put on that robe, maybe make myself a cup of tea. Okay. Have a moment. All right. All right. So I've got Samuel Blanc and a donut and then cozy a hummingbird robe. feeder and a cozy robe. And a cup of tea. And a cup of tea. All right. I like it. Well, when I was preparing my boxes, I was reminded of the fact that Michael also has music that he's pre-selected for his happy and sad boxes. So I did the same thing. Oh, you did music. Yeah. Do you want me to start with my happy box or my sad box? I need a moment where I need to grow up because every time you say happy box and sad box, I just want to say that's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. And when you said you had to prepare your box, I'm sorry. I'm just getting it all out. I'm getting it all out. Okay, Jenna, let's hear about your sad box. All right, Sam, could I please get my sad box audio? Of course. What? Mm-hmm. Indigo Girls is your sad box? Yeah. I'm trying to tell you something about my life. You know what I'm saying? I'm closer to fine, but I'm losing it. I'm losing it. So I crank this song. Okay? This is my sad anthem. I need to hear it all the way to closer to fine. Jenna, my mom walked down the aisle to this song when she got married a a couple years back. Jenna's sad box was Uh your mom's walk to marriage and love? Recently, or a couple years back. Oh my I God. mean, I find this song to be like very, like, I'm gonna make like it. Like a blanket. I just picture you as a young woman just belting this out. Crawling on your shores. Drink from the fountains. Well, then one answer to these questions. Pointing me in a crooked line. My source. Closer I am to fine. Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Okay, so this song is playing, and here are the items that I'm taking out of my box. I didn't know how much I needed to hear the Indigo Girls this morning. What's in your sad box? Here's what's coming out of it as we're listening to this song. Are you ready? Mm hmm. A bath bomb. Okay. Facial mask. Okay. A clean pair of cozy pajamas. We're in the same ballpark with the robe. Box set of Real Housewives. Oh, that's you. Some mint chip ice cream. Mm. And Angela on speed dial. 
Oh, lady. My sad box, folks. Oh, you would be on my speed. That's how I get through it. You would be on my speed dial, too. (laughs) All right. Should we switch gears and head over to my happy box? I'd love nothing more. Here's my happy box song. Yes. Bring in sexy back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Jenna's shimming right now. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Here's what's coming out of my... uh, Here's what's coming out of my happy box. Okay. I'm bringing Bringing sexy back. back. All right. What? Here. There's an old-fashioned. There's a reservation for a tasting menu at a great restaurant that has pre-prepared me a gluten-free menu. Okay. There is a dance party playlist of my songs, of which this is at the top. Okay. There is a large bottle of water and two Advil. Because you've had an old-fashioned. And I'm going to be dancing all night. And finally, Angela on speed dial. Woo! There you go. I love it. I met Justin Timberlake once. You did? Yeah, once. It was backstage. Were you cool? uh, No. No, I was a mess. Yeah. Um, It was backstage at the Emmys. Remember how I would always manage to get us behind that curtain for the presenters? We wrote about it in Office BFFs where we pissed off Lawrence Fishburne that one time. I mean, listen, to be fair to Lawrence Fishburne, we were devouring food and he was about to go on stage. Oh, no, no. We were completely at fault. No, no. We were total. I mean, but yes, you always found these nooks and crannies of famous people and got us in there. And I I was never cool. That's where I ran into Justin Timberlake. I said nothing. I just. (laughs) That sounds right. I just stared. existed just in stared. the room with him for a moment, oh, and then it was over. Bless you, Justin. He doesn't even know. No, he, he doesn't. doesn't. Even know he doesn't know how influential Sexy Back is for my happy, happy box. box. Oh. Justin, you feel her happy box. Oh, I knew that's where that was going. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm going to step out. I'll come back in. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we get back on track We here? probably should. Okay. Erin had a talking head where she says she's excited for Michael either way. He's either going to be really happy or avoid the biggest mistake of his life. Yes. Erin just does not like Holly. At all. And guess who's about to come to work with giant mittens on? Remove the mittens, woman. Mm. I love the crowd of people that all forms around her and walks her from the front door all the way back to her desk. I did too. My daughter, Isabel, you know, who loves bloopers, gave us a blooper alert here. When Kevin says congratulations and he oh, right? drops off, Mindy broke so hard on that. It's in the bloopers. I'll put it in stories. Holly's going to realize that everyone knows about the ultimatum. Kelly admits, yeah, I told everyone. Mm-hmm. Jenna, there was a Kelly talking head that would have come here. It was in the candy bag alts must shoot. It really made me laugh. I want to read it. Kelly looks to Cameron and says, yes, I told everyone about Holly's deal with AJ. Why do you even ask me anymore? From now on, if a secret gets spilled or malicious lies get spread or someone gets hurt, just put me down as a permanent. Yes, I did it. I don't have time for this. (laughs) Well, when Holly finally takes off her mittens and she holds up her ring finger, Kevin misinterprets this and thinks that she's flipping him off. So then he flips her off. This is strike two for Kevin with Holly. First the maple candy, now the finger. I have two words. Oh, no. Standards Standards and practices. practices. Mm Mm-hmm. Starting with the table draft, they noted that this was scripted and said, please blur Kevin's hands when he gives the middle finger gesture 
quote unquote, you to Holly. Then they reviewed our shooting draft. Scene was still in there. So they said, as previously noted, and they repeated their note. But for some reason, and here's what I don't understand, we must have turned in our editor's cut and we hadn't blurred it yet. Maybe because you don't send it off for blurring. You know, you don't send it in until after you fully locked the episode. But just to be sure that we didn't forget, they said again, blur Kevin's hands when he flips her the bird. Did they write the bird? They wrote the bird. (laughs) They wrote the bird, quote unquote, you. <laughs> they like really drove it home. Like they want you to know. I just want to know. I want a visual image of who is writing these emails. I so need to see who this person is. As previously stated, I need to see this person. I know. Angela Martin would have been great in Standards and Practices. Oh, that's who works there. There's right? your spinoff, Angela Martin, Standards and Practices. <laughs> no lip flap. <laughs> Blur lip flap. <laughs> Well, this flipping of the ring finger is going to set off a huge chain reaction. Mm -hmm. Michael is so excited. He runs into his office. It's a full-on celebration. Happy! 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 There's music. There's confetti. There's champagne. Like, start the happy video. He's talking himself down. It's mayhem. Did we all notice that Aaron gets sprayed with champagne but doesn't look drenched the rest of the day? (laughs) I did not. Notice that. But yes, she gets completely drenched. We got fan questions about it. Teresa M. in Chicago said, I love the scene of Michael and Aaron celebrating. It is pure joy. Did Steve really shake up a bottle of champagne or was it a special effect? It was real, you guys. Yeah. And it was all scripted. You know, what they did was they would shoot the top of the scene over and over and over and over and over again. And once they were sure that they got it, Then they would move on to the champagne part. Yeah. So that's how they do that. But she still did have to change, and they did it more than once. The song that is playing is Kelly Clarkson's My Life Would Suck Without You. Guess how much it costs to play that song for Michael to be happy. Um, So much money. I want to guess. I want to guess. I want to guess. It's under 100,000. Oh. Oh. But still so much. I was going to say $25,000. $40,000. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's one of our more expensive songs. But guess what? It's not the most expensive song in this episode. I'll get to it. No way. Yes oh way. Oh, my God. Listen to how high my voice ah. is. <laughs> 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 Sorry, everyone that's listening with headphones. Pam is now going to go around and collect everyone's resolution cards, but Dwight refuses to participate. He's such a stinker. He says he's achieved plenty. Mm-hmm. Andy's resolution is to learn to cook for one. Mm. Sad sack. Yeah. Angela walks up proudly and puts her card on the board. It says, to make time for romance with the senator. Mm-hmm. And that sets Dwight off. Dwight's resolution is now suddenly to meet loose women. Mm-hmm. Andy says, I'll take that. And then Daryl says they should go to a bookstore at lunchtime. He says that he does this bit where he says, hey, what book is that? Cool. Let's hang out tonight. Ooh, sex already? Whoa. There was a candy bag alt for this. Okay. It's so good. (laughs) And Craig had several. So whatever his bit was with the ladies, he had a bunch. Here was one. You know what? You guys should go to the bookstore at lunch. Tons of cuties, and it's easy to talk to them. Hey, you know where the sex books are? Want to see if mine's published yet? Girl voice. Damn, you wrote the book on sex? 
Daryl shrugs. Write what you know. Hi, I'm Daryl. We got quite a bit of fan mail about this scene. People were really obsessed with the resolution cards themselves. So first up from Serena M. in Vancouver, Canada. Did the props team come up with different handwritings for the New Year's resolution cards or did the actors write them themselves? I have a very strong memory of Phil handing me several index cards and asking me to write my resolution. And I zoomed in, and when I look at the card, it looks like my handwriting. What about you, Ange? You know, I do remember. I remember he passed out note cards to all of us. And if you zoom in on the board, you see a lot of different types of handwriting styles. That is mine. And I even recognize Rain's. Mm-hmm. Michael is going to go over to Holly's desk. Holly has a new phone, but, you know, you guys, she misses her old phone. Mm-hmm. This starts a whole E.T. phone home bit. I rewound it. I think I watched it four times. I was laughing so hard. I did that laugh where you shake, but Mm -hmm. you don't really make noise. Like, that's how much this got me. (laughs) I think because growing up, I loved the movie E.T. I saw it like eight times, and then my friends and I used to always do E.T. to each other. It's so sweet. I love it. Can we please hear it? Oh, somebody's got a new phone. Yeah. That is neat. I got it for Christmas. I'm so out of my league here. E.T. phone, Holly. Holly like phone. Holly misses old phone. Why? New phone is confusing, gets bad reception. Oh, bummer. Bummer. Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. Oh, God, please stop. (gasps) Poor Kelly. That made me laugh so hard. Reese's Pieces. Oh, my God, stop. Finally, someone is annoying Kelly. Right? (laughs) But then she gets a call on her new phone. It's AJ. They -hmm. start talking about movies they're going to go see. It's clear they're still together. She says she loves him. Michael does that slow fade away. He's heartbroken. And did you notice the whole scene? He had the tickets to Paula Poundstone in his (gasps) hand. I didn't. He was going to ask her. (gasps) I know. I did not catch that. Michael's really sad now. He's going to go talk to Pam. Yes. He's curious, is it possible that she's already dating a different person named AJ? And Mm -hmm. that's who she's talking to. Yeah. Pam says that is not likely. Phyllis is going to offer to help. And Michael says, you think she'd talk to you? Phyllis says, why wouldn't she? And he said, that's true. She's really nice. She'd talk to anybody. (laughs) Angela... This exchange, this, like, weird dig, I witnessed something like this happen on the playground. What? Between two moms, we were in a little conversation. Yeah. And one of the moms said, your daughter is so sweet to my daughter. I just love their interaction. She was complimenting this woman's daughter. And she said, oh, yeah, my daughter's nice to anyone. (gasps) Oh, no. And I was like, I was like, what? And I saw the look on the original mom's face, and she made eye contact with me as if to say, did we both clock that? Yeah. Just such a passive dig. It is. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, there's Michaels everywhere, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think we should take a break because when we get back, the guys are going to arrive at the bookstore, and they're going to devise a plan to meet some ladies. We'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. 
Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. You can use Squarespace to create a website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to time, all in one place. Well, we've told you before that we use Squarespace for our Office Ladies website, and it is so user-friendly, so easy to use. We are not tech people, and we could not be happier with our experience. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash officeladies to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed to connect with candidates faster by scheduling, screening, and messaging. And Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 23 hires were made on Indeed every minute, according to Indeed Data Worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies. Just go to Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash OfficeLadies. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're back. We're in the bookstore. Did anyone else notice at 9 minutes and 59 seconds how much the wind was blowing in the trees outside? No. Was this just me? It was a windy day. Very windy. I went to the call sheet, Jenna. What? Yeah. And? Did it say? Because it would say wind. Uh Uh-huh. Advisory. We filmed this scene around 11 a.m. on October 25th, 2010, and the gusts were up to seven miles an hour that day. Oh, my goodness. So, there you go. There was some wind. We had a fan question from Tori N. in Concord, North Carolina. Tell us about Ellen, the bookstore lady. That's right. Daryl walks right up to a woman. She has a tag that says Ellen, and she's going to pitch the e-reader to Daryl. They can hold 10,000 books. I mean, Daryl is blown away. He says it's so light. It's like a croissant. Ellen was played by Martha Middleton. She has also appeared on To Tell the Truth as one of the imposters. Oh, no way. Yes, and also in the film, The Newcomers. Dwight and Andy are going to start scoping it out. They've gone upstairs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a pretty lady is going to walk by. Yes. They try to pick her up, but she mistakes them as employees. They are doing a very bad job. They're so awkward. Guest star alert. That bookstore customer is Ed's wife, Sarah. Yeah. How about that? I love how we would have our friends and family on the show because you go back. And you have all these memories. Yes, like how our camera assistant, Ed, was in the cold open. I know. At the beginning. It's the best. We also had a fan catch from Emily J. in Ohio and many others. At 10 minutes and 39 seconds, Angela, did you notice? There is a whole display of Joe Bennett's book. It's a great detail. Oh, that's so great. That little detail was courtesy of Dave Rogers. That was his idea. Dave, Mm -hmm. who knows the show better than Dave? Nobody. Nobody. 
Next up, Phyllis is going to become a mom detective. She's got a salad to go. She says, Aaron, follow my lead. Mm-hmm. And she's going to share that she went to Portugal. Mm-hmm. I was very intrigued by this. <laughs> Aaron, who's a horrible wingman, said, so did I. I went to Portugal. Yes. And Holly's like, wow, together? And Phyllis is like, no. Yeah, they're sort of exchanging stories about what's happened over the new year. Yeah. They're trying to drag it out of Holly. What happened that might be interesting about your new year? Mm-hmm. Holly gets it, and she says, yeah, I didn't uphold my ultimatum deadline. She said, but it was unfair of me to give him an ultimatum. In the meantime, Dwight, Andy, and Daryl have ditched the bookstore. It didn't go well. Dwight has driven them to a strip club. He said he is going to see his resolution through today. I've got a little bit of location information about this strip club temptation. Okay. This was a real strip club in Northridge, California, and it was actually across the street from the roller rink. Our locations manager, Kyle Alexander, managed to find this very specific thing, which was I mean, a what strip are the club odds? across the street from a roller rink. That's just crazy luck. Because I asked Randy, I said, oh, so did we have to make this? Because surely right. that's, you know. Randy said no. He really found that location. However, he said that the location did not look like a strip club. It was just sort of a gray building, the only sign telling you that it was temptation, was a sign on a pole. So they asked the club, can we kind of zhuzh up your exterior? Michael Gallenberg created that giant temptation sign. I have a question. Was it temptation or temptations? I'm just curious. Just a a background catch question for you guys. I think it's called temptation. Okay. Gentleman's Club. One temptation. There's only one per customer. Okay. You know, there's one giant temptation, and it's coming into this club at all. the flesh. Yes, that's right. And Michael Gallenberg based that logo on the outside of the building on their real logo. He painted the front of the building a combination of red and gray. Randy even showed us the before and after pictures. It's a great zhuzh, I have to say. Randy said that after it was over, you know, it's in our contract. We have to restore things to their original condition. The managers of Temptation said, no, thank you. Keep it up. We love it. Well, yeah. But it is now closed. It doesn't exist anymore. It's an empty building for lease. It's gray again now. So it's okay. a blank slate waiting to be something. Something new. Mm-hmm. And incidentally, there is a Temptations nightclub. In Scranton, but it is a dance club and bar. There's, there's no a, fleshy temptation. Right, there's no singular temptation. That's right. Daryl says, hold up, I don't have anything against strip clubs, but I don't really want to go on Monday at noon. Yes, that's correct. Andy spots a roller skating rink and says, hey, how about there? Single ladies at the rink. Woo-hoo-hoo. So they go, and they're the only three people there. It's yeah. just the three of them yeah. skating around. Angela, you mentioned the call sheets for this episode. Mm-hmm. I noticed some notes on the call sheets for this episode. What did they say? Rain had to take roller skating lessons oh, on two different days buddy. to prepare for this episode. Oh. So I texted Rain about it, and he said, yes. He said, I had to do the lessons because I hadn't skated since the late 1970s. Well, I did notice that he's the only one with elbow pads and knee pads. <laughs> 
I think that might be why. <laughs> He's also the only one that had to then skate outside. Yes. I brought something fun today. You brought more things in? Is it Santakins too? I'm it's not, not prepared for another it's round. It's not Santakins. Clearly, I've become now like carrot top of the podcast, and you guys can't see this, but we'll put it in stories. I brought my OG roller skates. What? That I have had since I was 24. You guys, my roller skates are older than some of you listening. <laughs> I still skate. Jenna was right. I brought them in, and it's my intention to skate through Earwolf today. Hey! I like this. These are old school exterior roller skates. They're great for if you go out on the street. They look really weathered because, guys, I love them. Come on, I'm a kid of the 70s. It just occurred to me now that there probably is a difference between exterior and interior skates, right? Yes, these are exterior skates, and they just kind of grip the road better. These are what I skate around my neighborhood in. We can continue the podcast. I'm going to put them on. All right, so you're going to put on these roller skates, and when we're done with this podcast, we're going to end with you roller skating through Earwolf. You know, today is the busiest day at Earwolf I've ever seen. There are more people here than ever. There's two major conference room meetings happening. You know, So what? I look forward to this footage. I can't wait. Don't tell anyone in the conference room. I'm just going to skate by. <laughs> well, you know, the other day I had come in here on a Sunday to get some work done, mm -hmm. and no one was here. And I called Josh. I said, babe, no one is here. And he goes, do you wish you had your roller skates? <laughs> because he knows whenever I see a big open area, like at the airport, when you have to walk down a long, long tunnel, I'm always like, ah, I wish I had my roller skates. Oh, I want you to start taking your roller skates with you to the airport. Oh. That would be amazing. I feel like we should check back in on the conference room because Pam is having a meeting to check in with everyone about their resolutions. Yes. Aaron's resolution is going immensely. Her resolution of learning a new word each day. Yes, Pam tosses her a congratulation frisbee. Yes, I guess. There's prizes for upholding your uh, resolutions. Creed is going to share his resolution. It's one of my favorite speeches that Creed gives. His performance is amazing. Mm -hmm. This is what he says. I want to do a cartwheel, but real casual-like. Not make a big deal about it, but I know everybody saw it. Just one stunning, gorgeous cartwheel. And Pam says, how's it going? And Creed says, I'm having a little trouble motivating. Hmm. Well, we had a fan catch from Carolyn M. in Indiana who says, background catch, Stanley's New Year's resolution says, quote, be a better husband and boyfriend. <gasps> Stanley. <laughs> do better at both. <laughs> She said, I am sure you will all do a New Year's Eve office ladies breakdown of all the resolutions. Carolyn, here it is. Yeah. Here is your breakdown of all of the resolutions on the board. Michael, floss. Pam, drink less caffeine. Jim, bike more. Dwight, meet a loose woman. Angela, make more time for romance with the senator. In parentheses. Aaron, learn a new word every single day. Gabe's resolution was be less squeamish around people's dogs and babies. What's up with Gabe? He's also <laughs> terrified of cockroaches. I don't know. Andy, as we said, wants to learn to cook for one. Creed wants one amazing cartwheel. Phyllis wants to do yoga lessons with Bob. Aw. Oscar would like to finish the living room. <laughs> Meredith would like to get down to two cigarettes a day. Kelly would like to get more attention by any means necessary. 
Ryan is going to live life like it's an art project. Oh, Ryan. As we know, Daryl wants to read more. Holly wants to cross-train. And finally, Kevin wants to eat more vegetables, which is going to come up now. Because Pam is asking everyone, how are your resolutions doing? Michael is starting to spiral. Mm-hmm. And it's going to play out in front of everyone. He really can't handle when people don't follow through and do what they say they're going to do. That's right. He's going to take this all out on Kevin, who he says has to eat broccoli. Now, it's going to happen. He sends Aaron out to the kitchen. And I have this question. How long have giant broccoli stems been hanging out in the kitchen at Dunder Mifflin? And other odd vegetables. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We just have to let it happen, guys. We had a fan question from Lauren H. in Florida. The scene where Michael force-feeds Kevin the broccoli makes me laugh so hard. Brian was perfection. I need to know everything about this scene. Did he really eat it? Was this at all improvised? Lauren, everything was scripted. Everything except for one thing. At the very Very end... end. When he spews it everywhere. Yes. That wasn't scripted. And those reactions were real. Yes. And specifically, we had a fan question from Kristen H. in Michigan who wanted to know when Brian Kevin is showing Steve Michael the broccoli under his tongue, is Brian breaking? Kristen, yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. He was breaking through the filming of this entire moment. It was so absurd. It was so ridiculous. And also, he was trying not to gag. (laughs) Yeah. How he was able to hold that much broccoli under his tongue and then show Michael and flip his tongue up without choking, although he did almost choke one time, remember? I do. We're like, get him water. (laughs) (laughs) It was a very, very funny scene the whole time. In the moment, I could see under his tongue, and it made me laugh every time he revealed it. You might notice they do not have me on camera. I couldn't hold it together. (laughs) Well, I was curious about what the most popular New Year's resolutions are each year. And here's what the internet had to say about 2022. Oh. Before I list them, I want you guys to know, the survey also said most people bail on their resolutions two weeks into the year. I was going to say, I've heard the statistic that by February 1st, people are canceling all of their gym memberships. Here's what made the top list of resolutions for 2022. Number one, exercise more. Yes. That's the number one. Number two, eat healthier. Number three, lose weight. Number four, spend more time with family and friends. Number five, live more economically. Mm. Number six, spend less time on social media. Number seven, reduce stress on your job. Hmm. And the last one, to quit smoking. Wow. I wanted to bring up, Angela, a little brag. Oh. For the two of us. Oh, okay. I believe being more physically active and getting exercise has been a resolution of our friendship since its inception. Mm -hmm. We've chronicled before on this podcast how we have started many a exercise routine together only to have them fail. But I want to brag on us because over the last few months, you and I have both developed a routine. You go to tennis every Friday morning. Yep. And I do yoga every Friday morning. Well, you're not exercising together. But at the same, same time, time on the same which day. Counts. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I'm very proud of us. I am too. And I'm always so happy to hear your message where you're like, I made it to yoga. It was so great. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, lady, my backhand was happening today. I'm going to throw down a little yoga wisdom. Oh. My yoga instructor says this in every session at some point, and I love it. He says, find that place between ambition and acceptance and hover there. Oh, I love that. Find a place between your ambition and your acceptance of where you are right now and hover there. I love it. I love that. Mm -hmm. I call my mom every Friday morning on my way to tennis because my mom was an amazing tennis player. I spent my childhood on a tennis court with her. She was ranked by the USTA for her age group. She was amazing. So I always call her on my way to tennis, and we talk. And before I get off the phone, I'm like, Mom, I'm parking. And she'll say, all right, Ange, go stick it in their ear. <laughs> so... <laughs> That's your phrase. That's, that's my, your Friday that's phrase. That's my Friday phrase. I love it. At the roller rink, Andy and Dwight are roller skating, but Daryl is hiding on the floor reading his new e-reader. Are you guys curious about what Daryl was reading? I am. Is there an answer? There was a candy bag alt, must shoot, where Daryl is talking about his e-reader. He doesn't want Andy and Dwight to know about it. Of course not. It's They're the paper business. I know. It read like this. They can never know. I can't leave it in the car. I can't check it with these teenage employees. Got to just hang on to it. And if I'm going to do that, might as well read some John Krakauer. Oh. That's what Daryl was reading. Interesting. This is when Dwight decides to skate over to the strip club. Mm Mm-hmm. He skates across the street very awkwardly. I think if you need any evidence that Rain... Hadn't skated in a while. Here's your evidence. So now Andy is the only one skating. The DJ asks him if he has any requests, and he wants to hear some Dave Matthews band, Deep Tracks Only. This was the pricey song? This is it. Guess how much the song Ants Marching by Dave Matthews Band cost us. Well, you already said Kelly Clarkson was $40,000 and Mm -hmm. that this was more. It was more. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Like, I'm thinking of such a big number, but that's probably crazy. $50,000. Wow. Randy Cordray wanted to explain a few things about music licensing fees. We actually got a late-breaking email from Randy about these high music fees in this episode. Late-breaking email. Yes. Randy said by the time we were producing episodes for The Office, licensing fees had really gone through the roof. He said, back in the day, if you were a popular musician with a good catalog of hit songs, you could make a very good living— just living off your royalties and your publishing money. But this kind of changed in the late 1980s after the technology shift from vinyl records to CD. He said then Apple computers and early iterations of iTunes allowed anybody to kind of rip digital content from a CD and start sharing it with someone else. So one person could buy a CD but then share it with all their friends. Then, of course, we have internet platforms like Spotify that popped up where music was being shared over the internet. So now, he said, as we moved into the 2000s, artists and the music publishing firms saw film and television production companies as As a way to make money. Yeah, with really deep pockets. And so they started upping all the licensing fees. He said, so if we wanted a song, we had to pay a lot of money for it. 
And also, they would charge people differently. He said the same song on a different TV series, it might go for less money, but we were a hit show. So when we asked for music, we got a big price tag. He said, my long-winded comments boil down to this. $50,000 for Dave Matthews was a lot of money, but it's what he asked for, and it's what we were willing to pay. I'll say this. I am all for artists getting paid for their work. Yes. And good for you. Good for you, Dave Matthews. You You get that coin, fella. You hustled. I don't know. Who am I now? I don't know. Get that coin, fella. I'm a combination of hipster and old lady at the same time. You're like grandma who's learning some lingo. Oh, my gosh. You know, Angie, if you thought I was finished with this scene, I'm not. What else you got? The guest star DJ at the skating rink was David Ferguson. He's a writer, actor, performer, a longtime writer for comedy Bang Bang. He's also been on the show Superstore and The Good Place. And finally, if you were impressed with Ed Helms' roller skating in this scene, he was having a good time, and he did a bunch of takes of this. I was so envious of him. Mm-hmm. He had that whole, whole ring to, to himself. I would have just been in heaven. I know you would. He's doing a little side to side. I can do that side to side. Mm-hmm. He did an interview with Screen Junkies after this episode filmed, and he said, quote, I was so insanely sore the next day. It was just one of those things I hadn't done in 20 years, and it hurts. That's what he said. <laughs> That's so funny. I don't get sore from roller skating. But, you know, I can't do a push-up, so there's that. Michael knows he's messed up. He's going to talk to Kevin and Creed and apologize, but he wants Holly there because he's really apologizing to Holly. Mm-hmm. Through Creed and Kevin. Creed says he doesn't know if he's ready to accept the <laughs> apology. Yes. He said, sorry, sorry there, boss. I'm not sure if I'm there yet. Kevin is, gives him a huge hug. Holly leaves the room. She's sad. Mm-hmm. Pam's going to walk out of the kitchen past the resolution board, and she's holding a can of soda. Uh-oh. What's wrong with the soda? She gave up caffeine. Oh, right. <laughs> right. It's the crux of this scene. That's Kelly's right. going to notice and be like, what the heck? Also, Kevin has graffitied Ryan's card. He's made art into fart. Mm-hmm. He also then makes a fart noise mm-hmm. that then makes himself fart. His look to camera at 18 minutes 49 is so hilarious. There's a lot of tension over the resolution board, and it's going to come to a peak. Things are getting heated. Meredith is starting to smoke. Aaron's going to come in and do a cartwheel. Creed's going to cuss her out. I texted with Creed about this. Creed said, you have to look at Phyllis's face when I start cursing. He said Phyllis had no idea that he was going to go off quite like that, and her reaction is genuine. (laughs) He said, and I quote, I was cursing like a sailor. Well, I went to the scene, and at 18 minutes, 55 seconds, Phyllis's reaction is priceless. That is so funny because this moment was scripted. In fact, in the script, it's written that Creed says, F*** you, and then F*** you again, and the second one's in all caps. Yes. So they really wanted him to ramp it up. Yes, but Creed said that he kept going and going. Oh, boy. Well, lady, guess what? Standards and practices. Oh, yeah. They got involved, you know, from the minute that we turned in the script. But this time they had options for us. 
They said Options from S&P? Options. They were willing to work with us on this one. When we turned in the table draft, here was their note. Please bleep with no beginning or end consonant sounds and blur the visible lip flap or stage creed off camera. So there's no lip flap? I guess so for the f*** mentioned by Creed. Now, standards and practices. Guys, How is this guys, scene guys, working guys, if guys, Creed guys. is off camera? What is happening? Just some bleeps? Just bleeps are happening? Of course, these notes went through every draft of the script. And at the very end, we got your favorite, Angela. As previously noted, bleep completely and blur the lip flap when Creed says f- to Aaron after she does the cartwheel. I want to say one thing to standards and practices. I think you guys type profanity in your emails more than anyone I've ever (laughs) encountered. (laughs) So for all of your rules and regulations, you let it fly in an email. Mm -hmm. It's true. Pam gives up. She's going to toss the resolution board into the dumpster. Lesson learned. Yeah. Back at the roller rink, Andy has met someone. He did it. Mm Mm-hmm. He met someone named Andy, and he skates like a Greek god. There was a candy bag alt for this moment where Andy says this. My resolution is to find someone, and maybe I didn't do that today, but I have another resolution. It was almost my main resolution, and it is to exercise my calves. And if today is any indication, I think it's going to be a good year. (laughs) Well, at the very end, the DJ is going to offer to put on the strobe light so that the three of them can skate again. Randy told me that the song that was playing during this sequence of skating was free because they literally couldn't spend any more money on music, so they had to find a track that was under the public domain. The guys don't have their skates on, and they climb over the wall in socks, Mm -hmm. so they actually dance on the rink floor. They don't skate. Yes, But when they climbed over the wall with their socks, they all busted it and fell. (laughs) (laughs) Their socks were so slippery on the floor. It's in the bloopers. Of course, my daughter Isabel pointed it out. I'll have to put it in stories because it's pretty funny. When we go back to the office, Aaron's dealing with Michael's happy sad boxes. And Michael says that his resolution is to never make Holly cry again. Yeah, Holly is really sad. She's called AJ. She's told them... Maybe we should just call it off for a bit, you know? Yeah. There was a deleted scene where Pam tries to comfort her. Hmm. It involves Hank. Hmm. It's at Caffeine Corner, and Hank's clearly annoyed that they've picked this spot to have this conversation, and he keeps cranking the volume to the music that's playing to try to drown them out. Listen to this. Hey, Holly. Hi. You okay? Yeah, I'm okay. How's the cocoa? It's good. It's the best. (laughs) Are you okay? I'm okay. I know you probably don't need my advice, but don't feel like you have to make any sort of decision today. Oh, I know. Yeah, honestly, it wasn't fair of me to give him an ultimatum in the first place. And the whole different cities thing. Yeah. You know, I thought Jim was going to propose a lot of times, and I I kept on being wrong. But I knew it was the right guy, and that's all that mattered. 
Can I get my espresso? Can I get my seven dollars? <gasps> wow. Okay. Yeah. You and Amy and Hugh were having a good time over there. Listen, Caffeine Corner is not the place for heart to hearts, all right? Get your coffee and go. <laughs> Well, this episode is going to end with Michael coaching Creed on how to do a cartwheel. Mm-hmm. Michael says he'll stay as long as it takes, and then Creed goes for it. He does it! We got a fan question from Emily C. in Australia who said, I want to know everything there is to know about Creed doing this cartwheel. Was it actually Creed? As a full-time gymnastics coach of 12 years, I'd like to say that while it's not the perfect cartwheel, it is a very good start, especially for a beginner. It has the correct direction and rhythm, which can be the hardest part. So good job, Creed. On a side note, I'm going to see Creed's show when he comes to Australia this year. Yay! I had to know. I texted Creed. I said, Creed, can you please tell me everything about this cartwheel? He said he actually thought he could do a better cartwheel, and he wanted to try again, but they liked his first one, that sort of messed up cartwheel better. So he thinks this was the very first take, and he goes on to say, it was either one of our camera operators or the director that told me when Steve as Michael went to shake my hand, I was so pleased that I had done a cartwheel (laughs) that I didn't even notice, and Steve thought it was even funnier If you watch to the end of the scene, you can see me look at the camera operator and laugh because I didn't realize he had tried to shake my hand. (laughs) I love that. Isn't that so cute? That's great. Well, that was Ultimatum. A big thank you, as always, to Randy Cordray for all his inside tidbits. Yes, and thank you, Creed Bratton, for always texting me about your funny scenes. And thank you guys for sending in your questions and comments. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go roller skate through Earwolf. I'll be videotaping that, so check out Office Ladies Pod Instagram. <laughs> and next week, we're taking a break for Thanksgiving, but we will be back the week after with the seminar. See you then. Gobble, gobble. Thank you for listening to Office Ladies. Office Ladies is produced by Earwolf, Jenna Fisher, and Angela Kinsey. Our show is executive produced by Cody Fisher. Our producer is Cassie Jerkins, our sound engineer is Sam Kiefer, and our associate producer is Ainsley Bubico. Our theme song is Rubber Tree by Creed Bratton. For ad-free versions of Office Ladies, go to stitcherpremium.com. For a free one-month trial of Stitcher Premium, use code OFFICE. doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.